Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Tracy Lamarie on the line. Tracy, how are you? Very good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I am great. You're doing some amazing work in the PR space. So tell the audience a little bit about you and, and this awesome work that you're doing. Well, uh, yeah, my name is Tracy Lamori. I am the CEO, co-founder, uh, senior publicist, media strategist, all that fun stuff at Lamori Media, was once called Lamori Public Relations. We recently incorporated. And uh, yeah, it's now Lamori Media, working primarily out of Hamilton. I'm a Toronto girl here in Canada, but I have clients across uh, across the world, really. And um, I have a lot of clients in, in Los Angeles. So we were going to be opening and doing more work in LA and then COVID hit. So I've been saying Toronto to Los Angeles and everywhere in between. As you can see from my socials, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were talking about it in the pre-show that, you know, the, the stuff that I'm seeing in you, you're on shows in Australia, you've got clients that are being featured and media all over the planet. And it's amazing because we're such a global world. I mean, we've always been, but with the advent of the internet and access, you can have a conversation with somebody that is on the other side of the planet or like in our situation right now down the QEW, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's like I, I can wave. Actually that's East. I'll wave. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, it, it's, it's an interesting game. So, you know, why did you go into public relations and of course, you know, now launch, you know, the media firm, what, you know, what was the drive for you to, to get into this industry? It's funny, I always wanted to be a writer, so PR was never on my agenda or in my you know, realm growing up. I always wanted to be a writer, so now I'm all, I still hashtag, look, ma, I'm a writer, whenever I do <laughs> writing for magazines and stuff. Um, and I am writing a book, Get Wrapped. But uh, yeah, I, so PR was not a planned trajectory for me. Um, I was always interested in going into radio and that kind of thing, but really, and I guess I was in, in radio, I was doing college radio in my early 20s with my husband, Dave Parkinson, who's also the... This, um, Chief uh, Operating Officer of Lamori Media. But what happened basically is it came more from the activist side of my work. I literally learned how to write a press release without any intention of making it a career. When I was, uh, I think I was a telemarketer in those days, age 28 years old. I was also an activist who'd recently had a radio show. And um, we just, just learned about a case of injustice that nobody was really talking about. It was a little small thing we found on the internet of a wrongful conviction case of actual innocence of a guy called Jimmy Dennis on Pennsylvania death row. And we were 28-year-old telemarketers and you know early business you know in early onset of our business life and had no way to help this guy or anything like that but we literally decided well since we can't do something we need to get it out to lawyers or somebody who could help so i literally do you remember alta vista in the old days pre-google i literally clearly remember writing my first press release google or alta vista not googling how to write a press release for immediate release back in 1999 so my first press release was right was written literally because I, I wanted to get the news out about a guy that was innocent on death row that nobody was 
listening to. We got some media hits, you know, mostly out overseas because it's hard when somebody's still incarcerated to get that kind of attention stateside. End of the story is 2017. He was actually released from death row when the judges, you know, so we were on that case for 20 something years and the judge finally decided a case of actual innocence and released him. And even further along, he's released some music. Um, and last night, in an epic, I mean, thing that I'm still getting my head around, an actual epic thing. He was on a panel talking about race and police accountability in America and other justice issues with some of the biggest hip-hop stars in America, like Ja Rule and uh, Vin from Naughty by Nature and that kind of thing. So I always say that story won't end till he has a Grammy, but it's hilarious that when it began, you know, he was on death row. We, My husband and I were, you know, telemarketers, entry-level business people. 20 years on, somehow I've managed to realize that I was really good at getting things in the media. That's a whole other story between those two points and became a public successful publicist. And now he's on death row or off a of death row and speaking with some of the, you know, on panels with some of the biggest um, hip hop stars about the issue as an art, as an artist. So yeah, life can take you to weird places. And you know, I always say you definitely don't know where you're going to end up, but you know, there's a question that says, do what you love and the money will come. I don't know if that's always true, but for sure, for me, the success and the money or whatever, the, the things that people look at in awe, oh, oh, you're so lucky, have come from doing things that nobody else was doing that other people weren't paying attention to. So that's my lesson. Well, that's, that's an amazing story. And <laughs> thank you. And one, today, <laughs> it's a long story. Oh, sure. But thank you. And, and thank you to Dave for caring you know you're 28 you could have went hmm well that's too bad but no you you took the effort and your efforts saved that human being's life from wrongly being taken from him because he was innocent and of course i wanted the lawyers that came in two years later as a result of hearing uh, enough buzz about this when they were looking for a case of actual innocence and then they put you know, years and years of work into it and that led to the court decisions. So, of course, it wasn't just us, but Jimmy credits us with, you know, when nobody else was listening, making sure people listen. So for that little, I'm, I'm honored to have been, a, you know, a little part of that story because it inspires me every day. And he always says, he's a shirt that says never, never, ever give up. And even when he's feeling low because things aren't still perfect, I'll be like, you know what, we didn't get this far. We didn't get this far to only get this far. So that's a good business lesson too. Whatever the deal is, it doesn't have to be that dramatic, but, you know, wherever you're at wherever your challenges are whatever it's bringing you down did you get this far did you wake up another day did you pass through everything you've you know passed through already to get here to stop at this point you know to give up now over this little challenge so whatever it is eh. no it's an amazing journey and it, it it speaks volumes to what you know good public relations and getting stories out to the right audiences where it will impact them. And, you know, from those attorneys seeing this buzz and going, okay, what's this all about? And, and spending decades, quite frankly, uh, to do this work. Most press releases don't require that much of mm -hmm. a follow through afterwards, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it does, it does create potential for journeys. You think about, you know, all the products and services that we know and love today, mm -hmm. those were once a concept. Those were once an idea, once uh, something that the media put out or media received some information on this particular product or service. It, it took traction 
and eventually it took off, you know, the infamous 15 year overnight success. And you mentioned something a couple seconds ago about, oh, you're so lucky or this and this. It's not luck. It's, it's putting in the time and the effort to find a product or a service or a solution to something that people are struggling with and getting out and helping those people accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. And when you do that, and it catches enough eyeballs, then then you start seeing the success in in whatever you happen to be, you know, promoting or or, or putting out there for you know, consumers to consume. Absolutely, yeah. And it's all about stories too, like you said. And stories. Uh, when I was on Australian TV, they were saying, you know, it's interesting when some people hear PR, they think of uh, you know fab prefabricated stories, you know. And I like to think I'm the opposite of that because I only take on things I truly actually do believe in. And I think everybody who believe, I mean, most people believe in their product. They, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing if they didn't believe in themselves, believe in their product, believe they have something good to offer. So that's what it all comes down to is if you actually believe that, then you, you know, you have a message that you need to get out to the world and you have to be strategic, confident, number one, and then also strategic in your reaching out to media because, um, you know, they're not in the business of giving you free advertising. And even if what you're doing is absolutely amazing and groundbreaking, they, they're very caught, they're very, uh, differential between advertorial and editorial. So when you're reaching out, you have to make sure you know that the editor's job is to give his audience something that you know, he would be remiss not to tell that story. You want to make him worried that if you don't, if he doesn't tell the story, they're going to hear about from somebody else and wonder why they didn't hear about it in that paper kind of thing you know although it's not he's not doing you any favors it doesn't matter how how good their relationship is with the publicist and the editorial we still have to be giving them something that they need that's our job in terms of their their eyes is to our job is to vet um a product and service and present it in a way that it is news so that entrepreneurs who don't always have that understanding of what the editor is looking for aren't just kind of cutting themselves off at the foot but they but i mean i'm all about doing it yourself i started myself so i'm not saying go out and you have to get a publicist you can absolutely do what i did for myself and for jimmy dennis and since then what i've been doing for other clients by yourself if you want to put you know, the time and effort into learning about who the people are in your community that you need to reach out to, really learning how to write a strategic pitch, you know, where they understand that it's information that they need to give their audience, not where you're just asking for a free ad. You know, so there's a lot of strategies, but I mean, absolutely, there's a world of media now from podcasts to mainstream media. And, you know, it, and today, in today's world, if you're not uh, making yourself a thought leader, speaking out, you're falling behind because other people in your industry are. So you need to find ways to, to differentiate yourself and to make yourself the brand also, no matter what you're doing. That's crucial advice. And you know, one of the things I know in you know, the pitches that I've done in the past is, especially if you're going into print media or any type of media, you want to make it where, especially if you're submitting something to a reporter, you want to make it, and I love the analogy you said, that they will feel horrible if they didn't run this story. But also you make it to the point where they don't have to do all the work. Absolutely um, key. They're, they may reword some things so it's in their you know, their own voice. So, because I know some writers are very specific on that. Others aren't, but some are where they're like, okay, I want to take this story, but I'm going to reword this in the style that that writer typically writes in. But if you give them, you know, the meat of what they need, it makes it a lot easier because reporters, especially with the internet, it's always been bad, but with the internet, you know, they get hundreds 
if not Absolutely. thousands of emails every week. And they don't have time to write a feature on everything or be, yeah. So yeah, you're so right. I've often said, you know, we need to spoon feed the media. And I've actually learned that even my, and it's funny because my press releases have always been, and they're very successful, have always been almost um, somewhat articly, a bit longer and a bit more articly in format than a traditional press release. I mean, obviously the same format, but in terms of the content, you know, I always make sure I have some good quotes there that, because I understand if they don't want to interview the, the client, if they can't do that, if they can't take time to research, they can just, you know, lift from the release. And I've actually seen when that, you know, my entire press release being lifted my, with, you know, with the four immediate release taken off and then they just to remove the byline and it just runs as the article and that's great i don't mind that because it's my exact messaging for my client perfect so what i learned from that is what you're saying is also uh, beyond the press release is the press release you know and then you can also give them a royalty free article and that can be key too so you have a publicist write an article or you can write like an op-ed and submit that and um an op-ed is one thing a royalty free article could be something completely different where you're actually like the writer writing it in that case you should not be self-promotional you're not writing about your company like for example say you i'm sitting outside i'm looking at grass say you had a, a, a mowing a lawn mowing company <laughs> it's not you know glamorous but let's just say it was a lawn mowing company and you needed to differentiate it from the other lawn mowing companies you um yeah you you wouldn't that's what you would do exactly you wouldn't uh, i lost my train of thought there for a minute i'm so sorry what were they saying uh, mowing the lawn and a uh, lawn company and you were uh, yeah. talking about was an example. I was using that as an example for some reason. Oh my goodness! Something it'll come back to you. It'll come back to me. It'll come back to you. Yeah, it, yeah. Three a.m. or something. It'll pop up. You know. Yeah. And, uh, I, I can put it in the show notes. Yeah. You know, Trace. I'll rewind and I'll watch it, and then I'll be like, "Oh man, you know what? Getting back off for five minutes, I can." You know. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, so someone approaches you, and they're like, "Okay, I need some, you know, PR help regarding." their brand or you know, maybe they've got a product or a service or a new book coming out or things like that. What are some of the things that makes it easier for you to be able to help them? Because I'll oftentimes just say, well, you know, what, what can a PR person do for me? It's like, no, I, you want to say, you want to make it easy for anybody that you work with to be able to work with you. So what are some things that makes your job easier to be able to, craft a story and get it into the eyes of the media and audiences to, to run with the story. Well, in terms of crafting the story, talking to the client, I mean, what they present to you originally is always interesting. And you're like, oh, I can see, you know, all kinds of strategies. And then I find when I actually get on the phone with them for an hour and talk to them, you know, where those little bits of other bits of their life come up or they'll say something is an aside and I'll jump on it. And, and that will start to paint the whole picture. So generally people it, it's, in the modern world, and like you said, social media, everything is very, we can see each other. And people want to work with people or businesses or brands that resonate, or at least I think I, and a lot, I do, and a lot of people do, resonate with them and their ethics or how they see the world. And so uh, so that's important. So to the first thing I do is find out who that client is, what their goals are, even if it's just a, you know, a business client selling a widget, what their goals are, why do they come to widget selling, You know, not just the product itself, but who they are. So for example, I have one client um, as a brand called 
called Mellow Fellow, uh, Asher Richards. It's out of Florida and it's in the cannabis space. They don't sell cannabis. Um, she's a, a Rastafarian woman and she, it's like basically they sell instead of blunt or rolling paper wraps, they sell, um, eco-friendly vegan, you know, whatever. So here's a great story. Australian TV had a business show. It's not cannabis is not legal in Australia. And they had a business show about innovative brands. This is certainly an innovative brand. Like this is like a disruptive kind of brand in the space, right? Like actually a business story. So I had pitched to their business story, which is looking for a disruptive kind of brands. The, the host loved it. But the morning of the interview, the producer looked through it and they said, well, you know, cannabis isn't legal in Australia, so I don't think we can do it because we can't be promoting, you know, smoking cannabis, even though that wasn't the intent of the story as I saw it. But they said, well, we can get away with it if we talk about, you know, using it for tobacco. And I said, it's a 4 million person audience. And I said, no, absolutely no, because it's, it's the, the whole point of the brand. That's, I mean, the, we don't need that audience. But the whole point of the brand is it's supposed to be clean, GMO friendly. It's a healthier alternative, all that. It is not for tobacco. We don't want to be, I would not want to be not genuine and neither does that brand, right? To lie about who they are. So I suggested it. Great PR save that I'm happy with. It's not about that product. We're not just selling the product. Asha has a story. Asha Richards, the founder, this found Rastafarian woman. She can speak on, you know, why don't you present it as she can speak on woman, a woman in the emerging, you know, in the emerging cannabis industry, how it is to be a woman, a black woman in that space. She can speak on um, the, the mis what she calls the misappropriation of Rastafarian culture in the previous cannabis, you know, world and how she's trying to present a, a different vision. So I said that, and this is like a half an hour before the interview. We almost had lost the interview. And the host was like, oh, we can do that. And I said, because, you know, it's legalization is coming up in New Zealand and your part of the world, I know medical recently in, in the fall. So she can speak to that. So have her, the point of it is have the person on not the brand. They had they could not talk about the brand. We were going to lose a seven-minute interview, international interview, with a four-million audience. And I said to my client, "We lose it, forget it." And my client's like, "Okay, it sucks." But and then I said, "Hold on, reframe it. Interview her as an expert in the industry." While you're doing that, they still mention the brand for like a whole minute because they had to in order to tell her story and why she's an expert. So I'm pretty proud of that one and be able to reframe it. So it's appropriate for their particular audience. And that, I mean, that's an, a perfect example of what you have to do, where the strategy comes in. Otherwise, we could have said, oh, I guess we can't do that. And the interview is gone. I, and I've, I've disappointed that, you know, left them with an empty spot in their show that they had planned. And, you know, my client loses that audience. Otherwise, now, instead, we got to educate Australia on something that's important to her. Also, present her as a leader and a speaker, which is, I think, more powerful than just saying, hey, here's this awesome brand, which is an ad you could buy. Well, it's great for her, too. And, and congratulations on that save, because what that means for her is, like you just said it, you know, now it's positioning her as a speaker. So that means she can go in and speak on you know, her story, as well as the benefits of you know, the non-GMO, the vegan, and all exactly. of that stuff that people are really interested in across the globe, because people want to be healthier. And and the fact that she is, you know, speaking internationally, you know, is is a huge, huge thing because it, it gives credibility. And I think that's that's really crucial when you're trying to reach out to the press. Is you have to say, look, yes, I have a story, but I also have credibility in what I'm talking about or the work that I'm doing in. And here's the body of evidence of why I have credibility because. And you know this, and maybe our listeners may not, but 
once you start getting featured in press, whether it's television, print, radio, podcast, wherever, other shows use that as basically a vetting. And they go, okay. And they can, and the beautiful thing is they can read it instantly or listen to it pretty instantly. So they can go, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. Yeah, we can do it. So it, it, it cuts out the extra, you know, two or three or four interviews before the interview kind of thing. Right. And not only knows what they're talking about, because like there's a lot of public, uh, not publicists, there's a lot of experts across fields who are brilliant at their work. Right. But are they good in front of the camera? Those are two different things, right? Really two different things. Do they give good interview? Can they impart that knowledge that they have in a, in a two minute or a 10 minute interview? Exactly. And, the, and that's the thing is being you know, really, honed in on the talk and that's another thing that i'm sure you help your your clients with is doing a podcast interview is a lot different than doing a radio interview or a morning television interview or anything like that that you got to understand okay what playground am i in and how are my answers supposed to be am i supposed to give you know quick 60 second responses or can I talk about this for two or three minutes and, and know the audience? Yeah. And, and don't rant you. like Tracy does. Sometimes I try to, <laughs> you haven't ranted yet. Uh, so we're good. Um, and I, if, I, I've had many people rant on, on this show and I have no problem with it. We, we keep this organic and real. That's, that's the key thing. It, and, well, but how did you become a publicist question? It's always a long answer if I give the real answer. Cause you know, the, most publicists don't have that trajectory. Well, you know, I started by helping this guy on death row. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, usually it's like, I wrote for the school paper. Yeah. <laughs> I did that too. I forgot. I guess I'd start yeah, there too. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, 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 funny, I have, uh, an award from my elementary school of a writing award. I forget what grade it was, but I, I have it somewhere in storage. I should probably frame it behind me. Yeah, like, you were a writer. I just I thought was a picture a, of when I was 11. I said I was a writer then too, because yeah. I remember sitting there writing fiction, you know, yeah. vampire yeah. stories, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, no, it's, it, and, and it helps. And it's, it's a good skill. Even if your career path takes you in a variety of different directions, it, it's one of those things where the, the skills and the accountability to write are, are transferable to other things that you do in life. And I, it's helped me out tremendously in, in a variety of different ways. Uh, Communication so. in general is like the number one skill in the country. Exactly. And so many people lack it. Uh, it's, it, it or, or their, their version of communication is a little yeah. interesting to say the least. Yeah. We won't, we yeah. won't get into that conversation too much, but so uh, in, in, in closing, you know what are you know what are a couple things that you want people to do when they when you know they really want to come to you for press release? And I know we talked about how to help you and stuff, but what are some common mistakes you see people doing when they're like, okay, I want to have a press release about this? You know, what are some things that you've noticed uh, over your career? Um, definitely somewhere that with on the you know, with with this on the business side of things specifically, like entrepreneurs, where you've had to really educate them and to explain to them about even when they have something extremely innovative, something that is of, the, uh, you know, like I had a, a client that had a product, entrepreneur specific, something that truly was of interest to any entrepreneur, like that if they heard it, it would literally be like, oh man, I need to know about that. However, that's different from whether the editor, the editorial still thinks buy an ad, you know, wasn't a news story editorial. And because of my, you know, reputation in the industry and stuff, I was frustrated with this one particular story. I thought, man, it's a good story. Why can't I place it? I literally messaged a few, like, you know, people wasn't 
sometimes help you if you ask them for help, right? And I messaged some of the busy editors, like the the head editors of the financial press, the newsrooms in Toronto. And two of them called me back and we had 45 minute conversations where they would like, yeah, and they actually went through with me going, yeah, you know what? Like, that's true. Like you got everything here. Good quote, good story, good thing. But you know what? You got to understand there's nothing I would change, but like I myself have 18 stories that I want to place in the next two weeks, but I can't because my space is two pages and a half of that is taken up by, you know, ads. <laughs> right. So the, the, the business press especially has changed extremely. So you have to be super creative. If you're putting out a press release, you're going to get that up there for SEO or whatever, but don't expect, you know, to get mainstream media interviews on just because you're doing something innovative. It has to be super disruptive. And then you have to have a publicist who's really strategic at getting it there because that's one, the business press is, is something that is even harder to crack than entertainment press or, you know, lifestyle press or other things like that, because they know that you're there to make money that's the point of your of your what you're doing so they and they are and they are too so they want you to buy an ad so unless you can really truly convince them that you know it's not but i mean i do it every day and i get clients placed every day and that's where the pitch comes in that's where looking at it where you don't just say hey look at this new product but you say as you said look at this expert who can speak so that's one thing you bring me a product it's going to be a hard sell to get you an ad, a story about it so then i sell you i sell you as the speaker you as the expert you as the expert in the field like i did with ash talking about whatever in the industry that you legitimately can talk about that you are an expert on but get your head away like i'll, I'll say to my client Get your head away from there's going to be a feature article about your paper or about your product. It's going to be a story either about you, if you're lucky with that mentioned, or you might just be one of three experts. Oh, that's what I was saying. I'm closing with the lawn thing. So if you have <laughs> so if you have a lawn thing, say you were right, remember I was saying about writing an article, like a, um, a royalty-free article instead of just doing a press release. If I'm a lawn company owner and I want to place my article about lawns, I don't just write an article about how my company is the best solution for lawn care and blah, 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 blah. No, what I would do is write an article about something in the industry that people don't know, write about maybe this new chemical or whatever lawn care issue there is that the general public might want to know about. You know, I, 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 um, if I'm the one writing it and I'm the expert, then I'm not quoting myself. I'm just like writing the editorial and quoting other people. But if I was going to have a publicist, like if I'm writing that for my client, my client, the lawn care company, I'm going to write a general article about lawn care issues in, in Toronto and blah, blah, blah. It'll mention three different things. There'll be, my client will be quoted in it as an expert primarily. He'll be the big client. That's He'll be the one in the big letters, you know, with all this stuff. And then I'm going to go find two random, you know, experts in the field that aren't related to me, that aren't my clients that aren't paying me i'm going to get a quote from them on something that they're not going to be they're not going to be competitors to my client they'll be like you know something out in like if my client you know does the lawn they'll be a person that does shrubs but can speak on what the lawn guy does or something so i'll get two other experts that aren't paying me for it to quote in that article to make it a legit news article where my client is just one of the people experts being quoted and then they might only be a third of the article but they get that credibility of being quoted as that expert in you know, whatever a major industry publication or a mainstream news or whatever. Then we can build on that, as you said. That's good, and I'm I'm thrilled that you you, you remember the lawn care story. <laughs> I would have lost sleep. It's like, what did Tracy mean about the lawn care? Like, um, uh, yeah, no, it could you know, it could have gone all kinds of different directions. So, oh, it's not, no, <laughs> no, it's good. Story. No, it's good. No, I, no, I appreciate it. So, Tracy, I've loved our conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and this incredible work that you're doing? 
Thank you so much. So TracyLamori.com, T-R-A-C-Y-L-A-M-O-U-R-I-E.com. Right now, it's just pointed to my Instagram as my amazing web people are revamping it all. We just incorporated. And so my site is, you know, you see I do different crazy things every day and my site has not caught up with me. <laughs> so we're getting that relaunched. And in the meantime, they can find me on Instagram, uh, Tracy Lamori, PR Media, and again, L-A-M-O-U-R-I-E. Hopefully you'll spell that for them, PR Media. Or I live on Facebook, just Tracy Lamori. And yeah, I'm happy to hear about any, I will never be too busy to hear about fascinating, interesting projects in terms of, I love getting, you know, really interesting people. And sometimes it's the, the, the people that are interesting in their story and they don't know they're fascinating, but just reach out and, you know, I'm happy to talk to you about, about getting you some mainstream media attention and getting people to know more about you. That's awesome. And I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So Tracy, thank you again for the work that you're doing and, and uh, for connecting and, and I look forward to keeping in touch. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your work as well. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.